We are two mothers who loves exploring the depth of life in all its shapes. Here we want to create a space to look at the transition into motherhood, what it might look like in different traditions and cultures, conscious parenting, the sacredness of birth, and the postpartum universe. By sharing stories, inviting guests, and together reconnect to the wisdom of our womb and Mother Earth through different practices. Welcome everybody to the Depths of Motherhood podcast. I'm your co-host, Danielle. This week, Angelica and I welcome Giselle Bormet onto the show. Giselle is an Afro-Indigenous herbalist and aromatherapist, as well as a transpersonal hypnotherapist and a mother of four. Originally from the Dominican Republic, she was raised in spirituality and herbalism by her beautiful herbalist mother. Through her practice, she helps busy families experience a life that feels good with confidence and ease using mindfulness and ancestral wisdom. In this episode, we're going to take a look at the difference between anxiety and fears and how we can meet ourselves in a place where we can sit with our anxiety, with our fears when they arise. We're going to look at tools that help us to take a step back to differentiate what is an immediate danger and what is being projected from a deeply rooted memory or belief or fear. We'll find ways in which we can make space to notice when you may be experiencing anxiety. And then we'll be mixing the modern knowledge and the ancient wisdom to look at ways that we can move forward. And not alone, we, we also talk about how we can do this within a partnership or with our family so that we can heal together. Now, have you ever had the moments where you feel like your chest is tight, heart rate rises up, your breathing rate changes, you feel like you want the earth to consume you or maybe you want to abandon ship or maybe there's this flash of rage that comes over you and you feel like you're losing control. Well, these moments are actually a gift and I know you've maybe heard this before and thought this does not feel like a gift right now. <laughs> But these are your moments for huge transformation. If you can catch them before you black out. I always call it a blackout because I feel like I've fallen to sleep in the moments and I literally cannot find my anchor. But for each of us, the way that we experience anxiety is completely different. So it's finding your own way by making space to be curious. So firstly, know that you are not alone. And secondly, know that something within you has been triggered and you are perceiving a threat. And I would love to share a quote from Peter Levine who wrote Walking the Tiger, an absolutely incredible book. The body has been designed to renew itself through continuous self-correction. These same principles also apply to the healing of the psyche, spirit, and soul. So what does this quote tell you? Well, it tells me that these moments are meant to be seen and felt. And by staying long enough in the discomfort, in the pain, we can connect to the roots of the suffering. That it's not as obvious as it seems. Like, what is actually going on in these moments anyway? So our society has handed us a bunch of tools to distract us away from ourselves. Social media, shopping, eating, drinking, TV, fitness, sex, whatever it is. I'm wondering, do you know what yours is? What is your distraction? What takes you away from what's really happening? What gives you the moments of feeling 
like you've almost soothed whatever is coming up but then you see later on shortly down the line that it's still there so mine for sure is social media right now it has been many things in the past but being a mother I see that it's very easy for me to take my phone and look on social media and when I catch myself aimlessly scrolling I know I'm avoiding something or distracting from an uncomfortable sensation within my body. So let's go deeper with Giselle. I am sure you're going to absolutely love, love, love this episode. And if you want to share what's coming up for you, when you're listening to this podcast or maybe just in your life in general it doesn't have to be anxiety whatever's coming up for you and you just want a space where you can be heard and seen and loved then please check out our discord community it's called mother circle this is a space where you can be anonymous where you can share as much or as little as you like it's a really beautiful space i'm going to leave the link in the show notes along with our link for our Patreon. So our Patreon is a way to nourish us as the host to be able to nourish this podcast, which we absolutely love doing. And it takes a lot of our life force, our effort, because we feel like this is so important to put out there, to connect to these incredible people who have masses amount of wisdom and passion for what they're doing and we want to take the best bits and channel it through to you so don't forget as well at the end of the show we have a mother's circle feature which is where we listen to a mother's story and just that five or ten minutes holding space and listening and connecting to these the words of these mothers who have courageously shared their story, it does something deep inside if you really just be with it. So before we get on with the show, let's take time just to tune into our body a moment. Taking a deep breath in through the nose and letting it go all the way down to the base of the stomach. As you exhale, Feel the breath leave out of the nose. Take another breath like that, really enjoying this time with yourself. Now send your awareness right down to the base of the spine. Now if you're sitting down, you'll feel the left and the right sit bone if you rock from left to right. If you're walking or standing up, can you feel that space right at the base of the spine, right in the center, between your vagina and your anus, or between your testicles and your anus, if you are one of the men listening to this. Feel that space right at the base and guide three breaths into that point. And as you do, feel yourself become anchored to the earth, ready to receive, ready to be nourished. You deserve this time. Thank you so much for listening. I really hope that you enjoy the show. so much firstly for taking the time to be here I know you're busy and a lot of changes for you I um I met you well <laughs> I started following you on Instagram and I just found your work so inspiring and really just mm-hmm. took a lot of pressure off when I was watching your videos I really connected with what you were putting into the world and I, I recently saw that you've had a change you've almost had a rebirth with your business so I would love you to to share that with us, what's been happening in your world. Yeah, well, thank you. And thank you so much for having me. This is really nice. Um, 
I have what I I think the the change that that you're talking about is my Instagram account just because I have um, a lot of thoughts revolving social media and and yeah. also social media as the business owner and the asks that the platforms whether it's social media or Facebook or any of that I just happen to mostly be on Instagram but the ask that the platform puts on you for mm -hmm. you to be seen you know how often you should post and what you should be posting about and hashtags and all these things yeah um and and social media being a make-believe world like it is not reality so I don't I don't like to be in that world um so I closed down the Instagram account I had for many years and it just felt stagnant and old energy. And so I, I decided I would just start a fresh one and I did, and I'm, I'm kind of taking my time with it. You know, I only really nice. post when I feel motivated to post, I am, um, I am rebelling against the asks of a business owner on Instagram of how often I should post. And I'm just posting my heart when I desire to post and not relying on it as a big source of um, community, you know, but mm. more just a space where I get to, I'm I, I spend more time connecting with other people in it than I'm yes. spending time posting on my own account and wow. so that that I'm really enjoying that's a really great insight and congratulations like I feel I feel you I've gone through the similar things where you feel so entangled with it sometimes and it's just nice to have that fresh start the day that I said I'm just gonna do this I'm just gonna close the account and just start over that felt so good <laughs> um I actually said I would leave it open for like two weeks I I didn't even wait that long I left it open <laughs> for about a week because I was just done and yes. so it just feels a lot more intimate um the people that followed me into this account they made that choice versus just were one of the many people they follow you know if they followed me into this one it was a very intentional choice and so it, it feels a lot better for sure. Nice. That's amazing. And so who would you say that your target audience is or who are the people that you're working with the most? Where does your energy flow to? So it is definitely the person. Most of the time it is a, a woman. Um, for most of the time, it's grand majority. It's like 90 plus percent of the time it's a woman. Most of the time, she's also a parent, so she's also a mother. Um, and she's gotten to the point where, um, let's see, how can I say it? Can I swear here or no? Yeah, of course, go with it. Okay, okay. <laughs> she's gotten to the point where she's sick of her own shit. You know, like it's yeah. just the things that, that have been feeling like a lot where before she might have been projecting them out and still probably is projecting them out into other people. Um, she's starting to think maybe it's not everybody else or my situation, maybe is me. Like maybe there's something I can work on to change how I feel. Mm -hmm. And so once she gets there, that's where I can help. Um, up until that point, I can't help because there's not the self-awareness yet. But when that little window is open of a little bit of self-awareness, that's when I can help. Well, I absolutely love how you put that. It's so helpful to hear them words because one, if you're somebody who's supporting other people, they have to be there already, willing, ready to meet you. And then on the other side, it's like a chance to take a breath and say, wait a minute, I'm seeing the same patterns. I'm seeing the same things come up. I'm still unhappy. So let's take a look inside. Mm -hmm. I, I noticed on your website, um, one of the first things that you see is um, supporting people with anxiety. And I'm curious if you can explain um, what anxiety is and how it's different from fears. Because I feel like the yeah. two words are used so uh, closely together, but there is... The difference 
Yes. So anxiety in itself is not a bad thing. Like we, we need anxiety in our lives and we experience anxiety because it's a form of protection. So anxiety is also good to tell us, hmm, maybe, maybe, let's see, I'm going to make a make believe scenario. Maybe I shouldn't walk into the woods in the dark by myself when I know there are some wild animals. I'm kind of feeling some uneasiness about that. Well, there's probably a good reason why you shouldn't. Then you listen to your anxiety. So anxiety is a form, to, a form of protection for us to tell us when something doesn't feel right. And there are times that we need that kind of healthy form of anxiety. Is that uneasiness. It's, it, anxiety does have fear in it. And it does have dread. It's like, ugh, you know, that deep, like yeah. uneasy feeling. What happens when it's not good is when we're, we're having anxiety over things that shouldn't feel so uneasy, but we have, it's almost like we've created this story in our mind. And then if we create it in our mind, it goes into our body and if it's in our body and it's in our body and in our mind, then it goes into our spirit. And we start to believe certain things to be true and factual. And then we create anxiety around them. And then that creates a blockage. Then you're not able to actually move forward. I mean, you can't even see your own solutions anymore because your anxiety yeah. is just all that you can see. Mm. And so that's the unhealthy form of anxiety. Mm. So it's like almost as though when we think of a fear, it's, it's as though our life is at risk almost or in something's at danger. Yeah. And, but with anxiety, it's predicting what might happen. Yes. that that fear might come to life. Yes, it's, I mean, anxiety also comes about if you have stress in your life, most likely mm. you're also gonna have anxiety in it. Um, and all these things just start to eventually add up. I mean, anxiety really is just our, is a natural response to something that doesn't feel good. And usually that's some sort of a stressful situation. Mm. However, we also should have the coping mechanisms to differentiate the difference between is that situation really the way that I'm seeing it or mm -hmm. have I, am I, am I actually projecting from stored memories? Am I projecting mm -hmm. from inner child wounds, from childhood traumas onto something that to another person, it would not be an anxious uh, yeah. response. That's so, so interesting. That's usually how mm. I will um, differentiate the two. When people will talk to me about a situation where they feel like triggered, you know, because also yes. triggers can can elevate our anxiety, and um, and I and they they believe their trigger and their anxiety to to be normal, mm -hmm. and then I'll point out, I'm like, would another would another person me if I was sitting in your chair? And someone in that situation was happening, or if someone said that thing to me, mm -hmm. would I have the same responses you're having? Mm -hmm. No, because I'm coming at it from a different place. I'm not actually responding from a store, the same exact store memory that you are responding mm -hmm. from. That's so, a really good exercise, actually, because it makes, well, it just makes me think that whenever I've heard people say I'm an anxious person. Well, there's, it's, there's more to it than that. Just to give that umbrella term and then kind of leave it as though this is your identity mm -hmm. kind of can leave you stuck instead of each situation comes with its own past and its own ideas that you're projecting onto it. There's something to work yeah. with. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's such a good mindfulness trick, what you were just saying, because, um, saying I'm an anxious person. You're right. Like now I became like, that's what I am. I'm embodying it. And, and I'm saying to myself, I can't, I, I own this. Like there's nothing I can do about it. Whereas looking at it from an observer view and saying at times I have the human experience of having anxiety. Now I'm not that now that's optional. Now I know that, okay, at that moment I'm having anxiety, but I am not an anxious person. It's just mm. at now one is judgment of myself. I'm an anxious person. The other one is an observance of, oh, I'm having a human experience where right now I am having anxiety. 
I love that you're creating that separation as well that breathing space Mm -hmm. so how would you for people listening I'm sure everyone's experienced this sensation actually maybe you could talk a little bit about what the sensations are when anxiety arises and what would be a really top trick just to make that space to identify it as anxiety and not to um, bring it on yourself to embody the whole that you are anxiety yeah so I'll answer first the first one is anxiety feels like worry it feels uneasy inside it's like inside of yourself you get it's almost like that gut wrenching feeling that you get when you have anxiety now some people when they really connect to the anxiety they'll also have um well they they have this but they have to be able to like recognize this is the body sensations that you feel so that might be um, sensations, not, not the feeling, but the sensations that might be my heart space feels really tight or my heart space feels, or my stomach feels nauseated, you know, like usually there's some other body component where they're feeling that anxiety in and where that uneasiness is inside of their body. Um, whereas fear, for example, fear will be more, um, truly just the physical now fear and response you use you tend to have both at the same time (laughs) you know like when you have fear Mm -hmm. you usually will also have that that uneasiness that comes along with it but fear is just whatever reaction you typically do when you feel that you're in danger and that danger might be a car might be about to hit me or it might be um in danger of somebody saying something that's going to hurt your feelings. You know, it's whatever we're projecting as danger. Mm -hmm. And, and with that, then that response might be different. Like, um, my personal response to fear is usually freezing. Like I, I will, I will not know what to say (laughs) and Uh I will literally freeze. Um, and then that, that's a a form of disassociating. And then somebody else's response to fear might be to be defensive and like just fight at it. And then another person might actually run away from it. You know, mm. so there's like these different responses that we do. With anxiety, it it prevents us from actually taking any steps forward because we're stuck in our we're stuck in our uneasiness. Mm. So it stops yeah. us, it blocks us. We can't function, we can't think. We're like the stress is taking over, which actually reduces your brain functioning ability. So it does actually make it hard for you to cognitively think when in both situations, when you're in fear and when you're having anxiety. Right. Wow. Beautiful. Yeah. This brings me like a memory also. I remember there was a period in my, yeah, as one period in my yeah in, in my life where I I think this was six years ago when I had severe like anxiety and and then I came over and came across something and I can't I, I will never actually I, and I've always used this tool since then and it's like the anxiety would arise when my reality doesn't fit the way I want to live like am I living my truth or am I doing what I want to do or not so I would stop and I would look at these things and then I would ask, ask myself, can, can I do something about this? And if I could, then I would do, you know, the next step or, or try to change whatever wasn't really fitting. And what I couldn't, I would let go of, in a sense, like, okay, this is something that I can't change. Can I let it go? And I think that tool is so beautiful to... Yes, both of you have been talking about coming into the present as well. Like what can, in this moment, what can I do right now? Can I just mm. sit with it? Or can I, can I just send this part in my body, just some love and, or just some acknowledgement mm. and sit with it without the judgment? And having these tools can be so beautiful. And I'm so, wow, that you are, Giselle, that you're doing this work for people is, yeah amazing (laughs) yeah and you know the other thing about anxiety is it really is a lot of what we create 
because mm. usually when you're anxious, nothing has yet happened. You know, like right. we're actually building it, you know, yeah. creating it. What might be happening, what might happen, what might not work out, what might, you know, what they might say, what they might do, like all these things. This but what if it's our yeah. own hell, literally. It's like our we create our own little hell and then we live in that anxiety. Um, and it's it, it can really like I've suffered from from being in that state at times and it 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 it's such a blockage, you know, and that's the word that keeps coming up. Like it just it blocks you from being able to to move forward. Yeah, it's it's also a skill, isn't it? I don't feel like we've learned this. Um, well, I'll talk personally. As a child, I didn't even know that it was okay to express my emotions. I was very much a person who closed down. Then as I got older and I realized I had legs and I could do my own thing, I actually started to move away from situations, you know, not dramatically like start sprinting away, but I would start to slowly cut things off in people and I would move from place to place. And actually being a mother has made me really drop into that and say, okay, I've got some work to do because I can't run anymore. And my grandmother left, my great-grandmother left my grandma, like abandoned her at eight years old, I think it was, along with five other children. I'm probably doing numbers wrong here, but there is that in my bloodline. And I'm finding that really interesting right now to see how it is coming up in my life. And I know that you do ancestral healing work. So I'm really curious to how you work with people using that to, to do this, to support this healing journey and nourish mothers and women, the people that you work with. Yeah, you know what's interesting is, and I love when this happens, is that science proves what uh, our ancestors always knew. Yes. You know? And so then it becomes valid, then it becomes real. Yeah, our mind's <laughs> like, okay. We're like, oh, okay, now I, now I can do it because now yeah. there's studies on it. Before but, it was bullshit, now it's okay. <laughs> yes. But that is actually what is happening. So modern research is finding that a lot of our practices that our ancestors did, and obviously each person has a different set of ancestors, but culturally think like your, your ancestors, your lineage. Yeah. Um, but what our ancestors did is what modern research is saying, hey, we should go back to that. That actually mm. really works well. And it's yeah. things like mindfulness. Mindfulness is super trendy right now, but it is not new. <laughs> mindfulness is how our ancestors lived. And I don't mean in the industrial age kind of ancestors. I mean, before colonization ancestors. Yes. Um, but that's how, you know, that's how they lived. It was in mindfulness. It was in the present time and where we are right now. Um, and then things like connecting with nature. Nature is extremely healing. And now research is finding and telling people, yeah, we've proved it. You, nature can be really healing. Um, you should do that, you know, but our, our ancestors knew that, you know? And so it's just that cross between spirituality and, and modern science. Um, speaking to nature, you know, and so that's part of ancestral healing is, is teaching people how to actually get your responses and your answers of your next steps, your next move, your life messages from nature and yeah, having yeah. conversations with nature in that. Um, so how, how would, oh, sorry, carry on. Well, I'm just getting really excited. <laughs> I was just going to say like, for, for people listening who are just so intrigued by this and getting excited how what's a simple practice that people can do in their day because it can seem kind of messy when maybe you don't know your your bloodline you don't know where you came from how can people just do a simple exercise in the day to start tuning into that I hope that you're enjoying this week's episode I'd like to take a moment to share a little bit about this week's sponsor Evolving Humans. Evolving Humans teaches the most effective energy healing technique which we can use to restore balance throughout our whole body. Personally, I have found this practice to be extremely simple and deeply transformative. 
When I mastered this technique, I was able to regain power over my life. I finally stopped running and distracting myself from my emotions. This technique teaches you to feel the energy in your body and be with it so it can be seen and loved and without any force or suppression. And from that space, it finds its own path which clears you of any unnecessary tension. Have you ever suffered with a chronic disease, injury, mental turbulence, heartache, depression, anxiety? I could go on and on. The question is, what do all of these expressions have in common? They create a sensation in your body which creates a discomfort or a pain. What do you usually do when you feel something like this? We are taught to do whatever it takes to remove the pain. Wouldn't you like to heal yourself without relying on an external source? Like I mentioned before, it's so simple. It takes no mental power to do this. You literally just have to feel. Evolving Humans are offering a 10% discount on their course, which will share everything you need to know. Visit evolvinghumans.com and use the code motherhood22 and I'm going to put all the links in the show notes. Thank you for listening and enjoy the rest of the show. Yeah, so here's one. Here's one that I recently did because I did this thing that I've been wanting to do for a long, long time. It was called five days of magical experiences. And I geared it towards busy people because I'm realizing everyone considers themselves busy. And, um, and it takes about 15 minutes and each day they had a little experience and it was consumable, you know, it was like bite sized, but it had significant differences. So one of them I'll share, um, where the response was like, wow, I just did this. It is literally, um, first start by grounding yourself. The one way to ground yourself is to touch your feet down on the ground, take off your shoes, touch your feet. That's one way. There's many ways, but one way, touch your feet down on the ground, plant yourself and start just regulating your breathing. And by regulating your breathing is if you have been shallow breathing, take some more breaths, like actually breathe in a little bit more. If you were holding your breath, which you often recognize, oh, I was holding my breath then start letting it go start getting into a comfortable flow just regulate your breathing and then you can close your eyes or cannot doesn't matter um but just start to see where are my feet and then suddenly become aware of your feet um and then what's holding me up and what's the space between the ground holding me up and my feet how was that two connecting and then what about my hands? Where are my hands? And just start to get aware of each part of your body. And then once you become aware of each part of your body, then connect deeply into the ground that's holding you. Almost like the, the whole like planting the roots down so that you're steady. Okay, now you've grounded yourself. It takes, that could take just literally a couple minutes. If you need longer, fine. Then find one tiny bit of nature. So I told people it might be walking out your front door in the little bush that's next to your townhouse, <laughs> or it might be your backyard. For you ladies, you know, you got tons of nature. <laughs> we're, we're all right. <laughs> you can literally look out your window, but, <laughs> but anywhere where you have, and everybody, doesn't matter if you live in New York City and in Manhattan, you have a little bit of nature. You have something of nature. So find that, ground yourself there. And then in front of that little bit of nature, so let's say it's just a little patch of grass in front of you, sit or stand next to it, do the grounding technique, and then become the grass. Like focus on the grass where you become that grass, where you sense what it feels like to be that grass, where you are that green, where you are that blade, and you just sit there until you feel the flow between the two of you. And then you listen, because somewhere in there, you're going to, as you're just focusing on becoming that grass and, and just that flow between the grass and you, there's going to be a message. There's gonna be a message. 
And um, recently, someone that had never done that before, ever, 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 um, told me a story where she's like, I sat in front of a flower in my backyard and the flower talked to me, you know, and I'm getting all excited. Yeah, so I was like, yeah. yeah, I know. But she's like, <laughs> the flower talked to me and she's going through a divorce. And so she said, the flower talked to me and it said, look at me. I'm beautiful. I'm beautiful on my own, but look what I'm surrounding with myself with other flowers and other, other people basically was telling her surround yourself with like-minded people around you because together we could do it, you know? And so she got that message and she's like, okay, I got to start connecting with other like-minded people around me because the flower told me that, you know? And she got to (laughs) that. She got to that point. Yeah. I said, yes, the flower told me that. So that, that little bit that you did, because it was the first time she ever did that. Now you could do that anywhere. Go to the ocean and talk to it. Mm. You know, like now get into a hike and talk to something in nature. Like that little experience you did in your backyard, you could do with plants in your own house. You know, like nature has messages for us. And yes. so that would be, you know, outside. That's, that's ancestral healing for anybody um, that anyone could do. I love that because it almost it also takes you out of the mind like when you're doing ancestral work it can be quite mindy quite up in the head as you're trying to discover things but always integrating the practices to have that balance and with no expectations just to listen is so beautiful and maybe in some ways not even knowing your ancestral line is is more powerful because you're not um, creating things with your mind as well it's just Mm -hmm. something that came through Wow, I'm excited to go and sit outside with some grass. (laughs) Yeah, I'm doing that today. I'm literally doing that today because, you know, I have human experiences. I'm human and I'm having a big human experience. And so I'm going to be going out and standing in front of the ocean and releasing and hearing. That's uh, the oceans where I get a lot of my messages from and and just connecting to nature. And anyone, anywhere, wherever you live, that's something so simple you can do yes um, buy a, yeah. you know buy a plant if you're like well it's really hard for me to get in nature then buy yourself a plant learn how to keep it alive mm, niche <laughs> yeah learn how to keep it alive plant, <laughs> <laughs> and the plant can talk to you you can also have the same conversations with the plant you know? so even if you're standing in concrete you can look up the clouds are always there the moon is there yes you know the sun is there like there's there's nature. That's what I mean. Like, it doesn't matter where you live. There's totally. nature everywhere. Angelica always reminds me, if something's coming up, go to the earth, put your hands on Mother Earth and offer anything that's coming up for you. And, you know, sometimes when I'm in it, in the moments, I'm like, this is not going to work, Angelica. This is too deep. And I do it and something shifts. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's right. It does yes. work. <laughs> yeah. It's so interesting because the things that we can do to heal ourselves, to be in alignment, to get ourselves back into, into that alignment are actually really simple. I mean, they really are. It's like be in stillness, connect with nature, do your journaling, start your rituals. But when we are there, you know, like when we're in it, um, we create these stories that nothing's going to get us out like what you were just saying like it's not gonna work you know and (laughs) and we self-sabotage ourselves and then we either just somebody else like you know she encouraged us to do it or you yourself are like just do it you know (laughs) like just get on it and then sure enough you're like oh that was so much better you know so it's like a new person (laughs) yeah so I every time that I find myself um, or I hear somebody saying that I'm always like, you know what the trick is? Don't let those practices fall away. You know, yes. like even mm-hmm. if it's two minutes, like all you had was two minutes that day, do it, you know, yeah. because you're still reminding yourself, this is what I do. This is what I do. I do this every day. And yeah. I think if anybody, you know, I found this a million times, whenever I fall away from my practices, I get out of alignment things don't go well. I don't feel good. And the answer is always come back to myself, come back to my practices, come back to my rituals, 
it always mm. gets better. So it's like, all right, common sense, Giselle, you know, like don't leave the practices. <laughs> yeah. We were speaking about this actually with um, Sally who came on the show. It was called Mother in the Mother. And it was a realization that when I do the little things, you know, like even if it's just taking a, a drink of water and breathing for a moment, doing little things in the day, support me to do a bigger thing, you know, like a bigger thing for myself, a bigger, um, more time to come home, you know? So doing them little things were just a perfect reminder to me, instead of just like waiting all day, getting to the end of the day, mm-hmm. sitting with myself for longer, it just didn't feel right because I felt like I'd rejected all of me throughout the whole day. And now I'm like, okay, I'm done. And it's time for you. Yes. So yeah. it's a great reminder. And I, I, uh, I think it might've been a blog post that I read of yours um, or maybe one of your uh, posts. And it was, about healing as a family or getting people on board, you know, like supporting, supporting you, bouncing back, people in the same vibration. And recently me and my partner have been doing five minutes in the night, just eye gazing. That's it. We just put a five minute timer on and we do eye gazing. And it's really like, I can't, I can't explain in words why or how this happens, but something much deeper is like, just working through us like it feels like we're a team it feels like we're in partnership again and after you know having Araya my baby a year ago there is some disconnects because I'm trying to process what happened to me I'm trying to step into motherhood mm-hmm. and just that one thing has helped us so much so I'm just wondering if you have any other tips of how to get your partner on board or a loved one who's close to walk with you on this journey although you'll both be on um, doing your own inner work but you can come together and walk side by side yes so I think the main key thing you said was you're both doing your inner work um, yeah. because there can be you know there can grow such an imbalance where it does affect connection when one person is and the other person isn't um, I believe that when we're each doing our own inner work we elevate our vibration and we also without without this intention but it does tend to happen we also draw the other person in you know we also kind of help the other person realize oh i need to also do my practices so in a relationship it just takes one person who's staying in their practices staying in their in their healing Mm. and through time the other person the chances are high that they're also going to see your work and want to do their own work because it, we would project into each other in a relationship. Yes. You know, it's like you project your good and you project your bad. <laughs> and one person can definitely shine a line on, a light on, oh, wow, I need to grow in this. Um, and there's also the fact that at times you might not be able to do it together. And then that's okay too. You know, where one person just has to create their own space and be able to do their own inner work. And then that's okay. You know, you'll come back together um, when that person's done their healing. Um, But things that you can do together is literally, I love the eye gazing because you are right, man. That is so, and it does not take long. You could put a timer for two minutes. Yeah. And at first it feels really uncomfortable. (laughs) And then you reach that intimacy, you know, through the eye gazing. But the other thing is also just sitting in silence, like intentional silence together, Mm -hmm. where, and ideally you're doing this and connecting with nature in some way, whether you're at the beach or you're doing a hike, but you're both just sitting and in separately, just listening to whatever messages you might have and then share with each other, you know, Mm -hmm. what messages you each received. And then- deliberately not doing yeah deliberately not doing but just being in your presence together in stillness um such a great tip yeah and then the other one is non-sexual touch um literally where it might just be a hug for the sake of a hug you human Mm. touch like we need there's people who will say well i'm not that touchy i don't like to be touched and there's that that needs to there's something there you know like that needs to be uh, that's inner work to be done you know when yes is not comfortable 
Um, and maybe and together you both could explore why human touch is not comfortable, but human touch, we need humans. We need to feel connected to another person, at least one other person and connection is a form of healing, literally mm. like science-based research-based and ancestral healing based that connecting to another human being is a form of healing is how a lot of trauma is overcome is through a deep connection with somebody else. Yes. And so um, even if it's just is non-sexual touch where we're just hugging or just holding hands, uh, we're just, our bodies are sitting next to each other and we're intentional about it. That in itself could also be a, a spiritual connection. I love that. And it reminds me of like, you know, when we went through the industrial revolution and before then with everything going off in the world, it's like we've been raising our families so disconnected. Like one parent will go to work, another parent, parent may stay at home, they both might work, whatever it is, but then come to the end of the day, they're exhausted, not really wanting to process anything and doing any work on themselves is yeah, like it's, it's, it's too much. And I know you spoke about this at the beginning, like people have to be willing and ready to show up. And I think that these little things can be life-changing, not just in the relationship, but just how you're showing up in life and what you want to experience. Yeah, absolutely. And you're right. Like the world is, the world just goes fast and everybody just goes fast. And that's, that's through, I mean, that's a whole nother thing. That's like, capitalism the hustle culture you know colonization mindset like it's it's that we're meant to be always busy and always doing something and um and we don't even know how to live you know without having to always have something that we need to do but even in that time you know and i encourage families to sit down and take inventory of all the things they do uh, including things like how many lessons their kids are taking, how many classes they're going to, like all the things they filled up their calendar with and recognize that to your partner and to your child, the only thing in life that matters is the connection with each other. That's, that's your baseline. The so rest beautiful. of it is if it's not serving to improve that connection, then it needs to go. Then, then you need to question, is that valid? Is that something that we still need? Is it bringing us together or is it actually bringing us apart? Um, because if you live that hustle, go, 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 my kid needs to be into every class, you know, we need to do all the things, you are, you're going to find yourself in a form of disconnecting and not being able to even have the time for your own inner work. Like that, when you can't yes. fit in five minutes to your own inner work, then we have to question what else is going on that's taking from you. Wow. Um, but yeah, it's just question, like take inventory, question it all. Does it need to be there? I, you know, I woke up this morning and I was thinking about my ex-husband and I was thinking that we separated because we were fitting too much in. We were so busy. We were competing, everything. And we never, you know, when somebody offers you something or there's an insight to be like, you know, we should stop doing all this and we should come, we should come back to what we love to each other. And instead of doing that, we, we said, you know, we'll wait three years, we'll push through, we'll wait, make more money and then it'll just be me and you. And surprise, surprise, it doesn't work like that. And when you get to that no. point, it was too much. And it's like, we have been living with this sensation of anxiety as though it's normal. So coming away from it, it's almost abnormal. And then I think about how we project things on other people, you know, like to create an environment like in our, we were brought up in, that's sometimes not very um, helpful or healing for ourselves. So the same thing with anxiety is we're creating it because it feels normal. We're so used to it, that, that sensation in the body. Yeah, you're right. It's, it's, it's so, isn't it so amazing once you get out of that and then you yes. back and you're like, wow, what was that? You know? <laughs> what that, was going on? That was, yeah, that's what you thought the reality was, you know, like that's what you thought it needed to be. Um, we believe these things that were, that are passed on through capital, capitalism and through colonization that are passed on and telling us this is true. This is how it needs to be. And and they're detrimental. They're not helping us. And so that's where going back to the basics, you know, again, all proven by science, but like going back to the basis of our ancestral 
lifestyles and ancestral healing methods and the simplicity that, that good happens in simplicity. You know, if you're able to release all the extras, if you're able to re-identify or excuse me, not re-identify, but reframe what wealth is for you, you know, and not consider wealth being, I need to have all the money. I need to have all the things, but wealth instead being, I need to be emotionally well. I need to be mentally well. I need to um, live life and have experiences that are satisfying for me. And then what, what that means, does it have to be things or does, can it be going for a hike? You know? So it's like re the best thing I ever did was redefine wealth and what wealth meant to me. That is an incredible, an incredibly powerful question. And I will sit down with that question myself today for sure. So yeah. we have covered a lot today. I want to know where the listeners can find you and what you're offering right now yeah so they can find me at they can go two places they'll take you to the same place <laughs> one's easier to remember than the other one <laughs> they can go to granola babies b-a-b-i-e-s.com or they can go to giselle bome is giselle g-i-s-e-l-l-e and then b-a-u-m-e-t.com and they'll take you to the same exact page they just have both domains going to the same place um, the main ongoing thing that I offer is called the Alchemy School. And so at the Alchemy School, what we do is I offer all of the ancestral practices and rituals in La Tierra, which is earth in Spanish, you know, because both of you live in, in Spanish speaking countries. Um, but I connect them with, I'm from Pisqueya, which is known as the Dominican Republic. So I connect them to a lot of the La Tierra healing practices from there, and as well as ancestral healing techniques. And I do it in bite size because I, again, learned that if it's doable, they'll do it. And then if they do it, they sense it, they feel it, and they want like, yeah, this is good. I want more. So it helps people get back to themselves. The whole point of the alchemy school is to remind you, is to remind you of yourself because we're not broken. We're not needing to be completed. We're actually whole. We're actually already complete. We just need to go back and have remembrance of all of that. And the Alchemy School does that. Um, and then anyone can work with me on one-on-one -on -one as well if they desire. So there's two, two ways to, to get my medicine. For my Thank you. You're doing such incredible work. Giselle, really, it's really inspiring. And I'm just so happy that we've connected that our net networks have joined and yeah, this is amazing. I'm Thank you. I was just wondering if Angelica had any more questions, if she's still, if Aluna's got any more questions for you before. <laughs> <laughs> well, we have been listening to both of you. <laughs> yes, exactly. And uh, yeah, it's been full on here running around, so. Um, I'm just really grateful for, yeah, for your medicine, Giselle, and also you, Danielle, um, listening to both of you today have, um, yeah, have brought me to some things that I need to look at today and tonight. I would definitely do some practices and sit with, sit, sit with myself. So this was just a really beautiful, really, really beautiful call. Yeah, Thank you. At the right time. Yeah, I want to normalize that too, you know, because like I said earlier, I'm going to do the same thing, you know, it's like we are each always having a human experience on something, you know, like there's always something that's going to come up with humans and, um, and, you know, you each teach, I teach, like we all do the things, but yet we still need to do the things you know like we are we're our own we're our own healers and teaching other people to be your own healers but we're in that path we're doing the same work we're not perfect we're not gurus we're not in some pedestal we are today at least two of us is going to go out and try to do some healing you know so, exactly. so I think that's comforting to know because um, you know, a lot of times in the spiritual spirituality realm, there's people who place themselves on pedestals and these higher levels, you know, like worlds. And the truth is, that's just an image. Everybody's having the same exact human experience with different stories. 
And so it's comforting when you hear people that are teaching you as well are having to do the same thing. We live it, you know? <laughs> like, yeah. You can give yourself a break. <laughs> yes. Exactly. I know it's such a good way to finish off this episode with that great reminder. So thank you. Oh, it's been incredible. I am going to be going out on the grass and I'm going to think about you both. So we'll, we'll be connecting through the earth. And I am so excited to be able to follow your journey further, Giselle. Like, yeah, I thought you were going for good, but you just changed your Instagram. So I'm happy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, thank you for having me. This is great. I really appreciate it. Yeah, me too. Well, I'm going to... Oh, so do we. So do we. Thank you so much for coming on and yeah, sharing your gifts. <laughs> yeah, awesome. Gratitude. I'm going to put all the information in the show notes so that everyone knows where to find you. And thank you everyone for listening. So until next time, we will see you. Welcome everybody to our special feature, Mother's Circle. Here we will hold space for mothers to share their story, to be seen and to be heard. Human beings are natural storytellers and it's our way to make sense of our world and to share that understanding with others and in turn help them to understand and connect emotionally to heal and to strengthen. Thank you so much for staying tuned to the very end. If you would like to share your story, please get in touch. We would love to hear it. Blessings. Thank you for staying tuned to the end. This week, I will be reading a story from Paige. Thank you, Paige, for giving me the honor to share your story. So Paige is a mother to three boys who are six, 20 months and four months. I have left her link to her Instagram in the show notes so you can tune in with her if that feels good for you. So find in a place where you can just hold space page's story. So before I tell my home birth story, I want to give a little background on my older children's birth. I wouldn't be where I am today without those experiences. My firstborn son was born in 2016. I was young and trusted doctors. I didn't educate myself at all and I had a totally normal and healthy pregnancy. I was induced with Cravidil and Pictocin at 40 weeks and 6 days because the doctor didn't want to let me go over 41 weeks. I got an epidural, then stalled at 7 centimeters. It ended in an emergency C-section because the baby's heart rate went down 3 times. I didn't realize at the time, had I not been unnecessarily induced, I would probably have had a normal vaginal birth. My second pregnancy, I find out I'm pregnant in November 2019. I was interested in home births, but was nervous because it would be my first vaginal birth. Halfway through my pregnancy, I started seeing uh, an OBGYN. He was supportive of a VBAC, but still taking the possibility of the induction if I went over 40 weeks. That didn't sit well with me, so I quit going to the OB and decided, okay, I was really going to have a home birth. I ended up going past my due date. I was having contractions for a couple of days before I was in active labor. I labored at home until I was in transition. The pain was unbearable and I decided to go to the hospital in hopes of getting some sort of pain relief. We arrived to the hospital 
and the nurse and the doctor on call said that they don't do V-backs there. My husband knew that I absolutely did not want another C-section, so he said, we'll leave and drive an hour to a hospital that does. The nurse then says, well, at least let me check before you go. We agree and find out I'm at eight, almost nine centimeters. She's reaching super high up there and I thought it was really, really strange. Then, when she was done, I go to move and my water breaks. I'm pretty sure she did it purposely so we, so we wouldn't leave. We then get taken to a room and the doctor told us multiple times, I need to have a C-section. His reason being that they couldn't call an anaesthetist in case of an emergency C-section. But if we agreed to have a C-section, then the anaesthetist could come, which made no sense to me. I knew that my dreams of having a vaginal birth would most likely be over if I agreed to that. So I just firmly told him, no. Every time they asked, the doctor asked to check me again and tells me it's time to push. He kept telling me to push with all I had because they couldn't find the baby's heartbeat. I believed he had just gone below the monitor and it was nothing to be afraid of, but still, it was used as a scare tactic. The doctor then forcefully ripped me open with his hands as I was pushing, causing me to have a second degree tear. I busted all the blood vessels in my face and eyes from pushing so hard. I knew then if I had another child, I would never step foot in a hospital again. That experience also helped open my husband's eyes to the horrors of the hospital. So now onto my redeeming, amazing home birth story. I had been having irregular contractions since the night of the 12th of July. Finally, at around 1.45 a.m. on the 12th of the 9th, the contractions were hurting bad because I couldn't sleep through them. I labored in my room, changed positions on my bed, and also moving and bouncing on my yoga ball. Once that stopped providing pain relief, I decided to take a warm bath. I didn't stay in the bath so long and I went back to my room. With each contraction, I kept telling myself I'm closer to me and my baby. I also prayed and I was surrendering and knowing that God gave my body the amazing ability to be able to do this. Putting my full trust in him that myself and my baby would work together just as we were meant to. Reminding myself, don't tense up, breathe, don't tense up, breathe after every contraction. Around 6 a.m. after throwing up a couple of times in the bathroom from the unbearable pain, I knew I was in transition. I woke my husband up to start applying counter pressure. He was barely awake and falling asleep in between each contraction, but still doing a great job with the counter pressure. I honestly don't know if it helped or not with the pain, but it did help me kind of take my mind off the intensity. My contractions at this point were around every minute, one right after the other, and I was hoping it was almost over, but honestly, in my mind, since I hadn't lost my mucus plug or had a bloody show, I was a little nervous that we might have a while to go. It was 7.30 and I was kneeling on the side of my bed and my husband said that I was bleeding a little. He then takes a picture to show me what's going on. It's almost time, I thought. For some, the bleeding might have been scary. But for me, it was reassuring that we were soon going to meet our baby boy. I then decided I was going to gently start pushing with each contraction. My water hadn't broken yet, 
but the fluid started trickling out with each push. My husband right beside me and I said, babe, I'm probably peeing on you. I'm sorry. And he said, no, I think that's your water breaking. Then all of a sudden I felt the baby's head shoot down into the birth canal. It was crazy. I didn't expect that with my first feedback baby. I tell my husband, I could feel the baby's head moving down and he's coming. Next push, my mucus plug comes. Next push, top of my baby's head to his eyes are out. My husband says, babe, I can see his eyes. You're doing such a great job. I decided when I started pushing that I was going to go slow and steady to try and avoid tearing. I then instinctively get into a runner's stance and one more push, his head was out and then on the next, the whole body came out. My husband caught him. It was silent for a second. He's, he's then rubbing on baby's back and trying to suction him. Then the most beautiful sound, the baby starts crying. I ask hubby, what time is it? And he told me 7.45. We then maneuver the cord and I turn around so I can hold the baby. All I can think was, wow, we did it. We actually did it. It was such a high, like I'd never felt before. About 30 minutes later, I delivered the placenta and my husband cut the baby's cord. My son is now four and a half months and I'm honestly still in awe of the experience and that I was able to do this. And my husband was an amazing support. I wish I would have had been educated enough during all my pregnancies and births and chose this way for all of them. I had no tearing this time and by the time the baby was a week old, I didn't have any pain at all and didn't even feel like I had pushed a baby out. The recovery has been 100% better than any of my other births. Thank you so much for letting me share my story. I hope that it can help and inspire other mums. Mama Ro